Welcome to HSV Progressive, episode 26 of 2022. I'm going to start with a short poem by Louise Bogan. It is called Knowledge. Now that I know how passion warms little of flesh in the mold, and treasure is brittle, I'll lie here and learn how, over their ground, trees make a long shadow and a light sound. A little homage to trees, which I do believe comes up up, up some in our upcoming conversation. Please hang on and we'll uh, be right back with uh, our talk, part two of our conversation with Danny Peters. jobs and living in a tent when a house costs a million bucks and you can't pay the rent when politicians say they'll help but it keeps getting worse each time the landlord lobby pulls the strings of the purse when the human right to housing isn't even part of the debate you know you're living in a failed of citizens are spending half their lives locked up in a prison for trying to survive when laws must be broken just to have a place to stay when the prisons pay the senators to look the other way if you have to be a criminal to put food upon your plate you know you're living in a failed state Okay, hey, welcome back uh, to the interview with Danny Peters, who is standing for city councilman for uh, District 2 in Huntsville. Election is the 23rd of August. Please get ready to, um, to vote. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. I have COVID, so if you hear me sneezing and blowing my nose, I apologize, but it's August and it's timely and we've just got to get this done. So let's, let's get to it. Uh, thanks Danny for coming back. Um, no. I think we, um, how about this? Could you start by uh, recapping just briefly the first two planks of your platform that we did get to talk about last time and then tell us about the third plank. I think that's right. One, two, three, right? Uh, no, I, we talked about three last time, but. Oh, okay. Could you recap for us? <laughs> It's been a while for me, so and I was there, so maybe it would be good for everybody to have a little recap, and then we'll finish up your platform. Sure. Uh, well, so first off, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to folks and help get the message out. So the first plank was the um, smart development, making sure that we're using our resources wisely, looking at our zoning codes to find ways to get more mixed use and not have that urban sprawl. Uh-huh. The second one was minimizing our environmental impact, and that included, you know, money to the land trust and you know, focus on stormwater management. Those things that try to help protect our environment and keep it, you know, this green gem we have. Uh-huh. The third one was the multimodal transportation. So that was uh-huh. pedestrian, bike, and bus infrastructure, making sure that we can all freely and safely move around the city, um, you know, so we can get around and have everyone having options because not everyone has a car. 
So, yeah, so those are all great. And anybody that didn't listen to that, go back in the in the um, episodes a few, and you'll find it and, and do enjoy that one. And those were the ones we talked about. That that does sound really familiar to me. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so then what? So the the last one, I guess, is kind of like a, a culmination of the ones, and it's it's celebrating our our vibrant community. So. We, we all, you know, we're all here in Huntsville. We were either born here or, you know, people like me, you transplanted here, but we all chose to stay here for a reason. And, you know, so we have this, you know, artsy, eclectic, somewhat nerdy city here. You know, we got all these rocket scientists running around, but we have this interesting makeup and this interesting character that other cities don't have. So we just need to make sure that we're enacting you know, policies and, and thinking about how things are going to impact the community. We want to make sure that we can keep that vibrant community here. We've all been to these cities, um, you know, like Nashville and Atlanta. I like to pick on, you know, the great cities. They have a lot of things to offer. You know, people like to go there on vacation because there's things to do. But a lot of times when you walk around these cities, you wonder how does anyone live here because of that urban sprawl? And you know, because of the, you know, the, the loss of like urban, urban uh, canopy, urban trees, you know, you don't have that shade, you don't have that green space. And it's, it's so much traffic, it's hard to get around. So, you know, and you, you kind of lose that, that character of that city, you know, you, you'll, you'll see little pockets of it, you'll see little neighborhoods you're like, oh, well, this is a neat area. But a lot of the city is just kind of this faceless, soulless area where people are just kind of hustling and bustling and trying to get to work and just do their thing. And there's not that that community aspect, that small town feel. So I think, you know, if we focus on, you know, how we can develop, you know, smartly, you know, so we can have housing options, you know, the workforce housing, the equitable housing, so people can live in the community that they're serving, um, you know, making sure we're keeping especially that degree. Mixed, I, especially mixed. Yes. So, so that you have opportunity to build community with people that are not exactly like you. Yeah. And, you know, having the ability to have the different housing options, you know, whether it's apartments, condos, townhouses, you know, small single family homes, large single family homes, you know, having all those kind of mixed together to where, you know, because people at different stages of their life are going to afford different housing options or, or just whether well, or not even affording just desires because you know, some people are like, I don't want a yard. I don't want to do yard work. And other people are like, give me that yard. So you know, having the options to where we can have that community where everyone can live there. It's not just, well, if I want if I can't only afford this, I got to go live out in this area where all the apartments are. And then one day I'll get to move to the nicer area to you know, have a single family home. Having that mix to where you have all those options um, is, is definitely key to having a resilient and community feel. Um, I mean, I know, you know, for example, my hometown, you know, I grew up in a suburb in Ohio and, you know, there was a bunch of families there, a bunch of kids. I remember going out and riding bikes and you know, playing kickball on the road with all my friends. But now uh, all the kids have, you know, grown up and it's it's still the the parents that were there when I was a child that are all, you know, I guess grandparents now for the most part. And there's no kids in the neighborhood because it's, it's just kind of become this, you know, older neighborhood. And, you know, eventually it's going to kind of recycle through as people maybe move to retirement homes or whatever. Uh, but it, it's, it's definitely changed the shape of that. And so if we had more of a mixed use, had more options there, you'd have, you know, the same, same kind of community feel or it wouldn't have kind of gone through this cycle of, oh, well, it used to be this bunch of kids here. 
and then a bunch of high school kids and now there's no kids they would kind of still have that feel of everyone's there it's still a community well I think um, part of the problem is the rising cost for prices on housing yes that, that when when the grandparents decide okay it is really time that we need to can't live on our own and or you know pass away or whatever that that the new generation can't even afford to buy those houses yeah that's definitely a very real thing too um i know when we moved here we were looking around and you know we were fortunate uh you know, had the va home loan which you know is very uh, it's a great use to you know great tool to, to buy a home and but yeah, we got to go in the military first. So yeah, you have to go in the military first. So you do you do have to spend some time to earn that. And you know, so like when we were when we were looking at houses, um, you know, we obviously you know we found a house that we we fell in love with and we were able to get it. But we timed it up perfectly. Like the, the market was getting hot. You know, things were prices were rising, but we were still within our budget. But shortly after we bought ours. We had other friends that were looking at houses and that's when it got really crazy here where people were our friends were saying like, yeah we were going in and trying to get a house and there were 30 offers uh and then and somebody now, who put and now they're gonna crank the interest rates up right to yeah inflation so, yeah so, people well, would maybe it'll cool it off here but i don't see any sign of, of that happening really yeah I'm so it postcards and phone calls all the time trying to buy my house out from underneath me <laughs> yeah uh they they definitely call my wife sometimes and the last if we want to sell the house and and she you know she never even gets the number from them she just you know, tells them no thanks i'm like i'm always curious so, well, what's your number and not that we're going to sell but it's kind of curious <laughs> I, I um, always, they, they always ask I, I always just say yeah uh, for two million dollars i'll sell it to you <laughs> something like that there you go <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, um, they don't respond after I say that. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably wondering if they have the right house now. They're like, oh, did I call one of those those big mansions somewhere else? Yeah. <laughs> hey, these trees that I have on my property are worth that much to me, honestly. Yeah. So I think, you know, as long as we keep enacting, you know, policies where we're we're focusing on the community and making sure that we can keep Huntsville the way it is. I think you know we'll we'll find that people will be happy as we grow uh, over these years, and you know as long as we keep that community at the forefront and not focusing on you know other things, you know to be you know the next Nashville or the next well, I have Atlanta. Said, though, when you when you're talking about, I mean, yeah, yes, and and certainly, um, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood like what you're talking about, and I'm older than you, you know, but. Uh, with kickball i totally remember all of that in florida we had a neighbor just mm -hmm. like that i knew all of the kids on their bikes going down to the 7-eleven and playing kickball in and in, in uh, um and in florida we used to do other crazy things like going uh, you know looking for snakes and stuff like that. <laughs> don't do that kids okay um <laughs> um uh, but um uh, uh, um it, it, there's other things that, you know there are things about the way we have society set up not just huntsville mm -hmm. but the way that um that how how many hours we have to put in of work and that kind of stuff to to pay the bills and things like that that are a you know that are a problem for keeping our communities strong because nobody has energy or time yeah uh, and i i'm i don't know how much as even as a city councilman or 
even as a state legislator or even as a governor of this state, how much could you do about changing that, you know, sort of in any sort of short term? I mean, you know, you definitely could do things like, uh, you know, make sure that there are parks, you know, and that the parks are yeah. are promoted and kept up and that kind of stuff. And yeah, that- certainly having having the parks and, and kind of designing our, you know, as we develop these new developments, making sure we, we have community things there and not just, hey, here's houses, here's, oh, you know, some restaurants. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, that's ha- having having those things to where it's like, hey, I can I can walk over here, you know, I take my kids over here. We can have you know a space that we can have like you know maybe block parties for our little neighborhoods where we can have more interaction and make uh-huh. make the cities more people centric instead of you know car centric. Another thing that I found that that helped build community in a few places that I've lived is neighborhood watches. Mm-hmm. You know, because you actually, that is by definition with the people in your neighborhood who come together and talk about this is the schedule and this is what we're looking for. And this is the number and the procedure and all this kind of stuff. So that, that I don't know. I don't, I, I and, and the only time I belonged to neighborhood watch before was in Huntsville, but I don't, I don't even, I don't hear about that anymore. Do you, you know, is that, I don't know if that's something that, um, so I, I, when I've, I mean, I, I don't know if I have my neighborhood has neighborhood watch. I haven't seen anything with that, but I know yeah. when I've been canvassing, I've seen some of the neighborhoods that have the signs up. So I think there's still some active ones out there. And I definitely encourage, you know, as, as neighborhoods, we focus on how we can, you know, come to, you know, I definitely challenge, I guess, the residents of, you know, find ways to, to keep that community alive and you know hopefully we can keep having uh, all the events that Huntsville has i know Huntsville has a lot of events that you know they're put on like the big events which are great you know to kind of help people with different um interests kind of come together and find other people but then you know definitely at the at the lower level at the micro level these neighborhoods finding ways to have block parties or um neighborhood watches or different community events where they can get together and just make sure that we we keep that small town feel and put people at the focus and that way when we grow we don't become another city do some some environmentally friendly stuff like uh have uh um like there's a group that builds bat houses you know and people could come and, and and build or buy maybe a bat house to put up in their yard which is an, a, a beautiful uh, way to c- control mosquitoes and all kinds of bugs. Oh yeah, you know that kind of stuff. And also, bats are pollinators, like like bees are. You know, I don't know. Just I I don't know. That just threw flew through my head. That kind of stuff you could put on events. Um, yeah, maybe even. You know the maybe the green team could do some stuff. I know sometimes the green team. I've been to some things that they do out like out at, at uh, uh, Hayes Preserve, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe you could get them on a more local, micro level, doing p- plant, you know, um, sharing and and you know just good green stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, and we could even have. I know there's. Uh, a few community gardens out there and yeah, you know more, more of that really yeah if, if there was anything you could do to encourage community gardens yeah that, that would be a great thing fabulous. I, and i know the green team was just putting a big plug out for like litter control you know obviously anyone can pick up litter i know uh we've done a couple of events during the campaign just 
going out to some parks and picking up litter. And that way it's a great place to, you know, for people to come and volunteer and, and talk to me and learn about my platform. But then we're also doing something for the community. Yeah. So certainly neighborhoods can go out there and just say, Hey, like, let's go out and pick up trash around our area because you know, sometimes things come, you know, people throw stuff away or litter or some things maybe. Well, come, and you know, know what, this is another thing that uh, um, um, I, sometimes you see uh, stuff get dumped mm -hmm. and um, in my experience, an awful lot of times, you know, especially if there's a vacant house or something, things get dumped in front of those houses because then it looks like they came from the house and then the city picks it up in the garbage and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I sometimes I think it's um, developers and other like industries that don't want to pay their dump fees. And, and uh, if there's a way to crack down on that, and if there's a way to crack down on it, I think it would be at the neighborhood watch level. You know, yeah, that, yeah, if they could, you know, find but, out who's yeah, dumping and see that, yeah, that would definitely be a great way to pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. Who's doing this? Cause yeah. it's, it, you know, cause then at least half the time homeless people get blamed for it, but homeless people don't have pallets of stuff that they dump. I don't, you know what? That's not them, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah, that. definitely. I think we can, if people are just kind of watching out for their neighborhood and they can see if people are doing uh, you know, I mean, illegal it, dumping, like it's yeah, a great I mean, place. Just to... at the level of, of promoting doing something like that, you know, and you all, you mentioned, and I also already mentioned too, trees, you know, we lost a, a great big tree and five points that a lot of people are upset about. Um, what, you know, and you mentioned about tree cover and and the value of that and that kind of and, mm -hmm. and Huntsville is a tree city USA, and that does mean that um, a few things with the Arbor Day Foundation, um, one of which is we have to have a city arborist, which we do. Um, mm -hmm. um, I would love to see a little bit more, um, maybe, uh, attention paid to our tree cover, you know. Do you, do you have any ideas of how that might be, might be possible? Sure. I mean, I know, uh, you know we've got you know, a specific budget. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but we obviously have a budget for how we can tend to trees. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, talking to some folks, you know, they, they, it might be a thing where we can find other places where we can plant trees. Um, I mean, obviously, we can always encourage residents to plant trees and i hope people are planting trees i know we we planted a tree in our backyard when we moved in because we've got some trees around the, around our property but like our backyard was just big old open grass and we're like well we're gonna plant a tree and maybe one day we'll get some shade out of it yeah but um so people can certainly plant some trees and but as the city you know i know we do different arbor day events and earth day events and we'll plant some trees here and there um, we can certainly find other places where we can plant trees. Yeah. You know, cause obviously the trees have, you know, will get cut down for, for various things either because maybe because of a development or, you know, I know in the case of the five points one, the well, tree had the yeah. rot and it had to, it you know, becomes like a safety concern. We have to balance that. So finding ways that we can, you know, replant trees. I know I like to point out to Savannah as like, tree inspiration that we should all strive to have where they have this beautiful canopy of trees downtown. And so the city is 
it's very comfortable walking around because they have that and heat I, island effect mitigation. Um, yeah, exactly. We've got a problem with heat islands and, and it's contribute. It's a contributor to our global warming problems. So there's no reason why we can't start addressing that right here, right now. Absolutely. Um, but I, I personally would like to see, uh, as if my personal preferences mattered, but to see more effort made to save the trees that we do have. I, like for instance, you know, um, I was at a city council meeting, I don't know how, a couple of years ago, I think when they started talking about redoing uh, Joe Davis stadium. Mm -hmm. And I brought up at that city council meeting that, um, uh, that there were, was uh, like, like lots of trees around there, you know? And they promised me they weren't going to cut the trees down. They cut all the trees down, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like the new city hall that they're building. Um, there used to, there were like two or three enormous old trees right there in front of the old city hall. They cut them down to clear space for the construction trailers. They're gone. And I used to sit under those trees out in front of city hall with my signs protesting this, that, and the other thing, because I'm always into some sort of something. Mm -hmm. And watch all the wildlife. I, I have pictures from those trees with hawks and owls sitting up in there and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And those trees are gone. I, I would, I, you know, and you'll never be able to replace those guys that have been there. You, you can talk about planting new trees all you want, but it takes a hundred years to get a forested area to even start to have the biodiversity that it had before the trees got cut down. So uh, that's just a real concern is preserving, doing everything you can to preserve the trees we have. Yeah, I mean, definitely it takes time for the trees, you know, obviously to mature and get the biodiversity back. So it's, it's definitely a, a hard thing to, to replace Yep. So obviously, you know, if preserving the trees, we can, um, you know, cause I, making sure that we're, we're doing our due diligence and following our processes of, and it, it maybe even improving them if they need to be, but, you know, finding ways that, you know, obviously keep the trees as long as we can and sure when they become a, a thing where they're become a safety hazard because they're, they're dying or they're dead, you know, making sure we're, we're just keeping our, keeping the paperwork on that until we have all that information. And, well, and one thing that uh, you could, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I get asked, well, what do you want us to do differently? Well, if you, if you have requirements for new developments that are planting trees to mm -hmm. make sure that they plant um, like indigenous species, they will last longer and not, you know, and not fall apart. Like, the millions of solar maples that are shedding all over every place because that's what everybody planted because it was cheap in the 60s, you know, and they yeah. just, and they do just fall apart. I got a, one old guy in my yard that I'm just nursing along for as long as I can, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely it, it's it's interesting you, you bring that up because I, yeah, I, the indigenous trees are, are definitely very important to make sure that we're, you know, for our ecosystem. Yeah. And I know. Um, I, obviously I don't know all the trees that are yeah, indigenous yeah, yeah. to here. Well, you're but, not even indigenous. Neither yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, sure. But no, I, I know that um, sometimes like when when, like our, when our house was built, they had to tear down the, the old house because it 
it was in a low spot in the neighborhood. And so every time it rained, it had like eight inches of water in the crawl yeah. space. So they, they, they had to just level that house and build a new one. Um, and then, so when we showed up, you know, it was mostly built. We didn't, you know, we didn't hire the builder. It just, we just happened to find this house, but he had to put, you know, two trees, they had to take some trees down. Um, and so then they, they worked with the city arborist to, to get new trees put in. And so he was, you know, telling them like where to put these trees to make sure that we're helping with, you know, um, stormwater management and all that. And, and I remember my developer, or the, the builder, he was telling me this whole story about working with the arborist and how like the one, he planted these two trees and the arborist came by and then he was like, no, 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 this tree, he had to like redig it up because he had to bring it like three inches taller. It was like planted too low or something. Oh. So he had to, he had to dig oh, out wow. this tree and then like adjust it slightly. Um, and so he was, you know, he obviously did it and you know but he was, he was like yeah that guy was just making sure i was doing everything right and i was like well that's you know it's good um but i the trees that he planted i mean i guess i could go look to see if they're indigenous but i, I didn't know what they were and i was using like google lens to try to identify them and the what i think they are are these two trees that were picked because they're fast growing and and it's like well they're they might not be native to here but um they're going to grow, they're going to get tall fast. So, you know, kind of replace that, which is, you know, obviously a good thing, but as you know, it's, it, if it's a thing where they're going to grow so fast and then not last, then it's, you know, okay, cool. We've, we've got a taller tree quicker, but, and we have shade and, you know, and whatnot. But then if they, if it's not going to last for a hundred years or 80 years or whatever, and it's only going to last 20 See, or 30 years that's a community project that you could have at, at your local um event at the park let's have an education about trees day you know yeah. what are the indigenous trees you, you know and, and have some local people come and talk about the you know pruning your trees or you know caring for your tree uh, that would just yeah that, that would definitely be a great talk um <laughs> to have or, or you know to have maybe the arborist talk at like a town hall for a yeah. district town hall because oh, yeah. i think people you know would definitely would would be interested to hear about you know native stuff um i know like when we're you know again our the guy built our house you know he put some uh you know we got some nice landscaping in the front and i, I probably have remulched this year but maybe maybe next year uh -huh. um but you know you, you know when we're kind of planting stuff we're trying to figure out like well what's you know, what's native, what's going to grow here. So we don't have to do any extra watering. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I obviously that's wasting a resource. If we're watering a, a plant, that's not really going to do well here with our hot summers and, you know, yeah. maybe some of our, our drought kind of weeks. And right now we've been getting a lot of rain, so everything's yeah. happy, but you know, things that are, you know, can withstand our natural climate. So it's not extra water or extra care and, and tending to things so we can have, you know, a hardy ecosystem or, or things that, you know, are native here that, you know, maybe the squirrels eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good for a biodiversity because everybody already knows how to live with them. Yeah. Yeah. So finding ways that we can, you know, increase that. And, and I think some people would be open to the, to knowing that, you know, when they're yeah. selecting items for their landscaping, because then it's like, oh, well, this will be less maintenance for me because it's native and, oh, it has the benefit of, you know, is helping the squirrels and the birds. Yeah. And so you certainly, you know, education out there is, is always a benefit. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, I wanted to, um, uh, you know, a few, a couple of months ago, we had a, a city forum that mm -hmm. um, Devin Keith and uh, 
John Meredith uh, from the city council put on about a, a proposed sort of first step towards handling um, marijuana police conflicts differently. Um, and I just, I, you know, I had some listeners that wanted me to ask you, you know, where do you stand on how do you think that, are there things that as a city that we can do differently about how marijuana is handled? Um, and what, you know, do you have a long-term vision about how you think that marijuana, because there's definitely a problem with people who are not doing anything much worse than, uh, you know, drinking, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe not that bad, you know, as far as function. Personally, I don't know. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah. but I, I do, that, that uh, they're getting, you, you know, because it's, a, it's treated as a immediate arrest, arrestable offense, and you immediately have to get taken to jail and, and you get thrown into this whole bail and it's, and it's a terrible black mark on your record. And then it's a, a, a feedback loop that is just not a good thing. It, do, uh, so, uh, like I said, I had listeners that wondered where you kind of stood on that issue, if you're interested in taking Sure. That. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've um, you know, being in the Navy and the construction firm I was at, you know, it was always a, a zero drug environment so i i'm not super familiar with uh you know the culture the yeah. culture of it but i do know so from what i've seen i mean i, I do believe that you know long term it it'll probably end up getting you know legalized just like alcohol and cigarettes you know it's something that you know people yeah as we as we learn more about you know like the medical benefits and kind of get some of that stigma away from it because it's you know, getting, um, you know, using marijuana, I think is, is very akin to you know, having some drinks and, and getting, getting buzzed where, you know, as long as you're being, you know, you're not driving under the influence and you know, you're being responsible, I don't see why it would be a problem. And obviously that's a federal or state level issue. So, you know, legalization, we'll see what happens with that, but certainly the, the decriminalization is something that you can be done. I definitely would support that. You know, we've only got so many resources when you look at things. We've only got so many police officers and, you know, we've only got so much prison space, so much court time, like everything, you know, police officers, judges, you know, uh, public defenders, you know, all, all these people that their, their time is not infinite. And we only have so much space in our, in our prisons. And I think, you know, focusing on or you know, not focusing on certain, you know, things like marijuana use is it would be a better use of time to focus on other crime. You know, looking at the 2021 Huntsville Police Department's annual report, you know, we had 185,758 calls to service and, you know, 3,090 of those were drug offenses. And I don't know how much of that was marijuana. Uh, but you know, we had an 85, almost 85% clearance rate on drug offense calls. But you look at things like our uh, theft, larceny was uh, 
8% clearance rate. Burglary was about 18%. Motor vehicle theft, 55%. Aggravated assault, 75% clearance rate. So, you know, I, I would think that as a city, we would want to focus on these, you know, thefts, um, yeah. you know, motor vehicle thefts, you know, people breaking into houses. I feel like that is, yeah. is a much better use of our time. You know, not, and obviously if, if it was, we had a thousand marijuana calls and it's not like, you know, those thousand successes would become a thousand successes in burglary, but you know, any increase in these crimes that are actually, I feel more important because it's, you know, I, well, uh, you could argue that, that clearing um, burglaries and, and uh, assaults and stuff like that are, are going to contribute more to mm -hmm. quality of life. Definitely. It'll keep us safer. And quality of life is, is uh, brought up frequently, you know? So, no. yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I, to me personally, I think it would, uh, I would, it would improve my quality of life better if somebody stole something of mine and it got recovered to me mm -hmm. than to worry about some kid driving down the road, smoking a, 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 a some weed, you know, I, I, how is that affecting my quality of life? You know? No, I mean, if, yeah, I would much rather have, if somebody broke into my house and, you know, yes, like I have insurance. So as long as there's nobody home that got injured, you know, sure. I can replace my stuff, but I'd rather have that criminal off the streets who is, you know, breaking into homes, yeah. um, you know, or you know, maybe even get my stuff back and I have to go through the insurance process of replacing things, yeah. you know, especially if you have things that are, you know, family heirlooms, yeah. uh, things that have that special value. I mean, when I was in the Navy, we, we lived in Japan and we have things we bought in Japan. We have this statue. It's a tanuki. It's a raccoon dog creature that they put in front of their houses. And ours is from World War II era. And my wife bought it at a shrine sale. And if something were to happen to that, like that would be devastating because that's a very cool piece that we have. And sure, we could buy another one, you know, we could order one from Japan, but that one's a very unique one. Uh -huh. And so I'd rather, you know, be able to get that back or, you know, get someone off the streets who would maybe try to steal that possibly than to have somebody or, who had a little bit of- Or even do like uh, prevention type stuff Yeah. with, with the resources, right? Like, sure. uh, like um, you know, jobs. <laughs> no. And, you know, and if we have another thing that people, you know, worry about a lot and when I've been canvassing and talking about it is, you know, the people speeding through neighborhoods. Speeding everywhere. And so, you know, if, yeah. if it's maybe it's if instead of having to tie up a cop's hours of their day with, uh, you know, somebody dealing with, dealing with somebody who had like a little bit of marijuana on them, I'd rather have a cop, you know, just patrolling around driving and because then, you know, that that people deterrence of the people seeing a cop car, they're going to slow down, and you know we can get you know less people speeding through neighborhoods if we have more of that presence. You know, cops are aren't you know they have they only have so much time on their hands. So if we can better use our resources, I think that would be a smarter decision than to go after somebody with a little bit of weed who's just maybe going to sit in their their house and you know, just like they would enjoy a, enjoy a beer, they're going to enjoy their, their marijuana and they're not impacting other people's lives. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, well, I are, are there any, you know, I know there was a forum earlier this week where you got to answer some questions. Anything from that that you want to uh, elaborate on or reemphasize? Or, because uh, I did not get to watch it. So um, I, I haven't had a chance to watch the, I haven't had a chance to watch the recording either because um, I have COVID and I just, all I want to do is lay in bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a, COVID <laughs> will, will knock you out. So um, yeah, they, they certainly have it on their, on their webpage. And uh, we also shared it on, on our Instagram. My wife wow. was recording it when I was up there as well. So there's a couple a couple places where it's online, but uh, it was a, it was definitely a, a good, a good discussion. I know, um, you know one of the questions was talking about the you know, public comment section and city council meetings, uh -huh. you know, maybe, maybe moving, you know, we, you know if supporting whether or not moving that uh, back to the front. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely support that. The, I understand that, you know, obviously city council is doing the city's work. So it's, you know, the, the discussions that are happening are for the citizens, but I also understand that, you know, people only have so much time. And, you know, if somebody looks at the agenda and says, okay, well, none of these things really impact my quality of life. So, you know, however the city decides on these issues, I don't, you know, it, whatever. But I have this other issue that I want to get on record and so I'd rather hear from, from them and let them come in so they know, hey, we started at this time and we know that, you know, within the short amount of time at the beginning, you know, we will have your opportunity to speak so you can show up. So if you have to deal with um, maybe having somebody watch your child, um, you know, so you, you know, like, okay, well, I'm going to pop over here for the very beginning, say my piece, and then I can come back and it's not going to be a, oh, well, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. Because you know the, the meeting might go on, like there might be a lot of people commenting on this this agenda item, yep. and you know it could be it could be an hour on this one item that I wasn't ex I didn't judge for, and so now I gotta worry that oh well, hey is that babysitter or my you know my mom was gonna watch my child are they still gonna be able to do that? Yeah. So I think you know allowing citizens who um, you know are just there for their one little piece, like, let them get in, get their get their three minutes and then they can leave uh -huh. and then we can get on with the, the discussions. Um, now what you know, I'm going to take, make a, 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 you know, have a little bit of an objection to uh, this, uh, something that you presented. It sounds like reasonable that citizens think, Oh, well that doesn't affect me. <laughs> I, I personally would prefer that, you know, if you guys can make it to city council meetings, everything affects you. you yes. Not believe how much everything affects you. And uh, if you can't listen to my podcast, cause I, I talk about what happens at city council and I try to draw some, you know, some comparisons and linkages and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I agree. Everything does impact. You, know, you should want to know how we're, you know, spending the tax dollars. And yeah. even if it's a development that's getting uh, voted on in another district, you know, it is going to change the city. Yeah. So it, it is, it is important. This has been going on and the city is definitely changing. And, yes. you know, it's, that's been going on in city council. So, yeah. But yes. But yes, but as, as a citizen, if you were like, well, you know, 
you, and you just want to watch the highlights later on the recording yes. or yeah. or whatever you know i i can i can respect the fact that you know if it wasn't yeah, for the, you you had this three minutes you want to talk that you wouldn't be there that you would just you know watch it later yeah i definitely think it, it makes sense to um you know because we you know, obviously we work for the citizens yeah. and if you know it seems that most people want those back at the beginning you know i think we should listen to what our bosses are saying and, and make sure that we can find a way to make this work for everyone and not just focus on, well, this is the way it is. Uh, I think we definitely need to have a collaborative approach to how we, how we govern. Um, so that was definitely one of the ones we talked about and, you know, it's your know, engagement with, um, you know, different communities or specifically they were talking about the Hispanic community, you know, how can we help um, engagement there? And I definitely think we, we need to get, you know, into the communities and, and talking to people. Um, we also need to make sure that our uh, Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, you know, they have the appropriate funding for their programs, making sure that they're working with the communities and, and also the, you know, like the nonprofits and, you know, understanding where our gaps are and so we can, to where we can better service. Um, there's certainly, grant money out there, like federal grant for um, these, I think they're called demonstration grants, but you can use them to build like welcome centers that help with, um, you know, language, uh, language concerns or, you know, employment concerns. So there's definitely tools out there that are at the federal and state level that we can certainly look at how we can utilize and then just working with the communities and working with the nonprofits out there and finding those gaps so we can better service all of our community members. Thank you. Uh, no, cause uh, I listened to a recording of the uh, DEI forum mm -hmm. and um, it felt like um, the head of the, of the DEI, what is his name? Anderson. Um, yeah. I think that's his name. Anyway, when he was talking, it felt a lot uh, like, what you just said uh, about finding holes between what what programs the city has and what nonprofits are doing and trying to fill in those holes. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that that is a, a responsibility of government to, to look for ways to service the citizens that are not getting serviced, right? For yeah. things that, that we need for life or a quality of life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I felt that he was uh, um, kind of saying, well, we don't we we have so many great nonprofits here that the city doesn't need to worry about that. You know, and um, I, I don't I I don't think that uh, first of all, I don't care how many nonprofits we have. You can't those are, they're not they could close up shop tomorrow and then what? But the government is hopefully not going anywhere. Right. Hopefully yeah. not. So, <laughs> so uh, the it, it at least needs to be in yeah. Hopefully not. At least needs to be involved in always in yeah. what the citizens need. What do our citizens need? What can we do to get these things for our citizens? Sure, and even like simple things, you know, like so you can go to, like the city's website, and you know it's got the thing up in the corner, so you can translate everything via Google. So you can look at it in any language, but then how often do we, you know, are our, you know, 
meeting agendas or meeting minutes when we post those, you know, I don't think it would be that hard to, you know, there'd be like a little bit of a time commitment, but, you know, translating some of those things, you know, and putting them out there so people can, can read them. Yeah. I don't you know, even or, know that we have closed captioning on, on mm -hmm. like city council meetings and stuff like that, but do, are, are, do they, can you get them subtitled in, in Spanish? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the, the intricacies of, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a way there's, um, you know, places do it. I don't know the, the details yeah. on how that works. Um, but that's something, you know, having those language barriers or even, you know, at, at, at official events, you know, maybe having interpreters, I mean, even like, you know, not even looking at, you know, like, um, Spanish, but like, how about, you know, like sign language, Yeah. you know, there's, you know, there's definitely, you know, sections of our community that, you know, don't speak English or can't hear English uh -huh. and, you know, making sure that, we, you know, even if it's something as simple as, Hey, we just need to have more of these, you know, services provided, you know, maybe that's the gap that's identified and we can, you know, see how we can, how we can address that. Maybe there's federal money to help with that. Well, I'm, I'm sure there probably would be. I think, you know, if so it, and it could be a thing where, you know, maybe, and that, this is why I definitely think that that communication and getting with these different communities and talking with the groups is so key because you know, there's sometimes we won't realize that there's an issue. Yeah. And, you know, and having those conversations and like, oh, this was the problem. Like we didn't, you know, those, those unknown unknowns, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, oh, having so, those conversations. Yeah, that's, that's something that uh, Bill Kling does that I think, um, just by the way, works pretty good for him as he has these drop-in sessions mm -hmm. where he doesn't have a program scheduled, you know, with the zoning this or the or the or the um our city arborist to talk he doesn't mm -hmm. he just has hours you know that he holds over at the library and people can just drop in and talk to him yeah, yeah. and he talked about that and, it, and he was you know he was pitching has like i don't even care what district you're in just come talk to me that's true he which does. is he's which is great you know obviously yes he represents a certain district but he's one of five on a on a council and so yes. other other districts, you know, they well, should. And, and it's naive to think that, you know, stuff that goes on in District 5 doesn't affect District 2 people. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's a system. We're all yes. in We work here and live here and play here. And yeah, you know, so. Yeah, and we definitely got to make sure that, you know, as a city, we're, we're, we're helping each other out. And it can't just be a, well. We got ours. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely think that you know having that those open lines of communication with the council, no matter you know if, if you know because if if you raise it with one council member and then you also go and talk to to Bill about it, you know you have two people you know bringing it up, you know like that's just more you know attention to to, to issues, and you know you can certainly you know, if they're open to talking to people from other districts, you know would say. I would hope that all so of them are. I, I hear you saying that you're going to be very accessible if you get elected, right? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to have, have the town halls, have the drop-in sessions. You know, I, I think uh, may, maybe it's the fact that I'm the, the, clearly the youngest one in the race right now, but I think, uh -huh. you know, obviously I'm, I'm on a lot of social media platforms uh -huh. and I'm very active on all those. So, you know, I definitely, you know, people can reach me 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, TikTok, you know, however they want to reach me. If that's the easiest way for you to get a hold of me, then fine. You know, reach out to me. You know, I obviously, yes, I have an email and you know all that, but you know, if if it's easier for you to send me a message, you know, on TikTok because you're on there and then my video pops up and you say, Oh yeah, I wanted to ask this guy and you can just message me. Like that's yeah. that's fine too. Uh -huh. I, I want to be accessible. I want to make sure that, you know, you know what I know, being transparent and yeah. and having those conversations. And I, I am listening. I want to know your concerns because I can't physically be everywhere in the district or the city. So uh -huh. if there's an issue going on, like I need you to tell me. And yeah. so I can say, okay, let me see what I can do about that. Let me talk to the right folks and try to get you an answer. And if it's not a good answer or if we don't have a great answer or we, or we don't know about it, then we need to, you know, figure out what we're going to do. And maybe that's just, hey, thank you for letting us know about this. We can put it in our queue of other, you know, like if it's a road resurfacing and say, okay, well, now we know about this one. So it's in the queue. It's, you know, won't be fixed this year because we've already got the budget or the plan set up, but yeah. we've got it, you know, we're addressing it. Yeah. Um, you know, so as long as we know about things, we can you know, find a way to, to a plan, get a plan in place so we can address things. Yeah. Well, so election day is the 23rd, right? Yes, it's very, very close. Um, so <laughs> we definitely... Right, it's only District um, 2 and District 5? Uh, two, three, and four. Two, three, and four. Okay, sorry. Two, three, and four. And that's that's city council and school and board. School board, yeah. Yes. So it's they're very big elections, very important elections. Yeah, I think so. I don't get to vote though. I'm a district one person, so good talk. Uh, well, I I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh, the support. You know, voting in spirit. Well. Uh, and I would have, uh, you know, don't feel too special. I would have other people on, but I don't know the other people and they haven't made themselves known to me by showing up at things, environmental things, for instance, mm -hmm. that are, you know, the places in the, my concerns. And you have shown up at those things. And that's how I knew you and, and was able to get in touch with you and get you on here to talk to. But I would be happy to have some, you know, other people on here there's not much time anymore but no it's yeah it's elections elections pretty close and I'm, I'm hoping that you know you by coming on here and just exciting people about the election we can get a large turnout these these local elections are very very important you yes. know we kind of touched on that a little bit with because school board and city councils so yep. that is your direct quality of life yep and having you know knowing like you know doing your research and, and finding out who do you support from this group and make sure your voice is heard is so important to make sure that you know, this is how the city spends your dollars. Yep. You know, we've got a $245 million budget and that's not chump change. You know, how are we, how are we spending that to, for your betterment, you know, for your impact and, you know, you know, the school board, you know, obviously is very important. And how are we educating our children? How are we taking care of them? And those are very big things that are huge impacts on everyone's lives. I, it's, and it's sad how, how low of a turnout that these tend to have. 
I know. I, uh, you know, I just uh, get out there and vote, you guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the runoff after the primary, you know, it was like a 12.9% voter turnout. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, talked about how it's such a low turnout, but we're probably like in the past for local elections, we were lucky to get 10%, you know, and, and so, you know, it's like, you know, with 10% showing up, you know, each vote is worth 10. You know, yeah. these, these can be literally decided by a handful of votes. Yep. And, you know, when you think about, we've got about 42,000 people in each of our districts you know, obviously not all of them are old enough to vote or even registered, yeah. but like 42,000 people are going to, you know, somebody's going to be selected to represent these 42,000 people. And it might be as little as 5,000 people actually show up. Yeah. And so you, you know, we're looking at like two and a half thousand people are going to choose the person who represents 42,000 people. 42,000 people. Yeah. And it is, is mind boggling how there's not a bigger emphasis and, on and these. I, I, I'll reiterate that everything that happens at city council that the city council does is important. It's mm-hmm. not just a bunch of humdrum, whatever, pushing papers around and stuff like that. It's, yeah, and it, it sets it, it it sets the tone for everything. Yeah, and and it's what's interesting too is that there's so much emphasis on the national and state level because oh it's big oh, yeah. big dollars and all this stuff. But you think about, you know, you know, like national level, yeah, they're going to set policy and they're going to, you know, put plans into motion. But, you know, like it said, you know, we enact, um, you know, like, oh, it's like infrastructure bills. You know, federal government's going to put a bunch of money into this. And sure, there's, there's federal infrastructure they're going to put money towards and fix. But uh-huh. they're also going to, you know, send a lot of that to the states. Yeah. And the states are going to do stuff at the state level, but they're going to send it to the counties. Yep. And the counties and stuff the county level, but they're going to send it to the cities because you know no one's going to know where where you know federal infrastructure dollars are going to go in our city besides the city. The city. So the city. If, yep. You know, it's how we like in all these grants that we can apply for. You know, if if you've got people up there at city council who don't care, um, you know, or or aren't doing their due diligence or whatever, you know, like yeah. you uh-huh. know, not saying that that's what's happening here, but you know, cities can just be missing out. Yep. on opportunities because they're not looking for them because they don't they don't care or they're not they're just sure. not doing it so it's I'm it's sure you're voting for somebody who cares yeah yeah and um it's gonna show up and and be be there and listen and and do stuff yeah and try to change things if you ask me you know hopefully hopefully yeah. keep things going and proving things and yeah. you know Every every year we just keep getting better and stay stay the number one city in America. Yeah. Well, don't get me started on that, okay? <laughs> okay. That could be another episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like uh um we've had a pretty good conversation and uh and also like I want to go back to bed. So Yeah, you need to rest up and, I, and get I, healthy. Yeah, I'm working on. I feel like I'm getting better though, so I'm optimistic, but I think bed is a good option right now. So I think I'm maybe going to let you go tonight. Thank you so much for showing up and talking no. to us again. And uh, everybody go vote on the 23rd if you're in 2, 3 and 4, is that what you said? 
Correct. Yeah, sorry. Because yeah. it's not District 1, I can't remember. So sorry about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> 2, 3, and 4, August 23rd. August 23rd, your usual polling place. Yes. Um, and good luck to you. And, uh, um, you know, keep us informed of anything that's going on. And, and come yeah. back and talk to us after you win, okay? All right, will do. Okay, beautiful. Um, have a good evening. Thanks a lot. All right, you too. Good night. night.